presented by Kroger and Albertsons Companies. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Munabalan. It's Wednesday. Today's show, reading the tea leaves on the Omnibus Bill. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. The four congressional leaders spent over an hour with President Joe Biden on Tuesday. When they emerged from the White House and spoke to reporters, something unusual happened. They all agreed. What they agreed on was something that appeared awfully iffy earlier this week, that the lame duck Congress should negotiate and pass an omnibus appropriations bill in the coming weeks. On the face of it, that seems a little unusual, especially since the alternatives could get everyone out of town a lot quicker. Government funding runs out on December 16th, and Congress could simply pass a continuing resolution to kick things into early next year when the new Congress, presumably with the Kevin McCarthy-led House, is sworn in. Or it could pass a much longer CR to keep current agency funding levels mostly in place until the new fiscal year starts in October 2023. Several things are driving the five leaders to press forward with fraught negotiations over the $1.5 trillion plus in federal spending on a tight deadline. But we can't help but note the one common factor that came up in conversations with all sides. Nobody trusts McCarthy to pass anything, not even McCarthy. Check out today's Playbook newsletter edition for a little bit behind the thinking from all five camps. Politico.com slash playbook. All right, pop quiz time. What is the last election of 2022? Okay, relax. I didn't say it was going to be a hard quiz. It is, in fact, the Senate runoff in Georgia. Politico's national politics reporter, Natalie Allison, is in Georgia and is here to give us an update. Natalie, how's it going? You just landed. Yes. uh, Fresh off the plane. I'm uh, doing this for my hotel room in Atlanta. Tomorrow I will be venturing out to uh, Dalton, I believe, to catch Herschel Walker in action. Very exciting. Um, What is planned for Herschel Walker's uh, campaign rally tomorrow? TBD on what's actually planned for it. Um, Typically, he he sets these up at usually industrial type businesses, you know, lumber yards or uh, trucking companies or places that have some kind of large parking lot usually with some um, built-in audience members in the form of workers, typically some kind of, you know, friend of his or influential Republican who owns this business. And and he'll go on stage, he'll usually bring in a handful of surrogates, sometimes it's, it's local and state legislators, sometimes it's, you know, national folks. Um, and he will, he will talk and he'll make headlines because of, you know, something he says that that's determined to be um, pretty outlandish, like, he, you know, he made headlines the other week when I was here for his his rant about vampires and werewolves. And and they'll do that for a bit and then call it a day. Uh, the vibe seems to be a little different than um, the last time that Raphael Warnock was in a runoff against Kelly Loeffler. The uh, GOP, let's say, cast of campaign visitors seems to be significantly different. Yeah, really everything about this runoff is different. Other than the fact that it is a runoff, um, it's, it's a much shorter period of time. Instead of two months... The candidates had barely a month to, to campaign because Georgia changed its laws to move up the runoff date. Unlike last time, where Trump came not once but twice to hold rallies during the runoff period, we're not seeing him at all. We're not seeing Herschel going out with really controversial people like he was doing in the general, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example. So far, he's been selecting, um, I, I would call them safe Republicans, you know, people like Tim Scott, Rick Scott, Lindsey Graham. Ted Cruz, you know, folks that maybe people like or don't like, or, you know, some people feel strongly about compared to others, but but not necessarily people who are going to alienate members of the Republican base like Trump. And on top of that, just the, the daily grind is much different. Last time 
you know, you would have dozens of, of reporters, including national reporters, showing up at every campaign event because it was just um, the story to cover. And this time you're not seeing many, maybe, you know, maybe a few local reporters, maybe a national reporter or two are showing up. Um, but it's just it's kind of ho-hum compared to last time. And one person I also want to mention, too, uh, Governor Brian Kemp has also been making campaign stops on behalf of Herschel Walker or with Herschel Walker, I should say. I thought that was particularly interesting just because much has been written about the uh, Raphael Warnock, Brian Kemp split voter. It seems like a play after those voters. Yeah, Brian Kemp is really Herschel Walker's star surrogate in this runoff. Um, Brian Kemp, much more popular politician than Herschel Walker. Um, his favorability is much higher than Herschel Walker's. He got 200,000 more votes in the general election earlier this month than Herschel Walker. Um, those are people who, Republicans who, you know, likely voted for uh, Raphael Warnock or, may, or maybe even independents or some Democrats who who voted for Kemp. But people who voted for Kemp and maybe Warnock, people who voted for Kemp and perhaps the Libertarian, or people who just left the Senate uh, box blank altogether because they didn't like either candidate. And so um, Brian Kemp vouching for Herschel, Brian Kemp appearing in, in television advertisements, appearing on stage at rallies with Herschel, um, being used in mailers, going to homes, things like that is really uh, Herschel's best shot right now at being able to to get some of those voters out who maybe don't think really highly of him, but they do like Brian Kemp. Um, there's also one other person I think we should mention uh, Senator Raphael Warnock himself. Um, I'm curious how he's approaching or what you might have seen from his campaign. You know, this will be his basically his fourth election in roughly two years. I'm curious how maybe his strategies change over that time. Yeah. And he's he's making that fact really even part of his campaign pitch. Um, he's calling his bus tour right now or not his bus tour, rather, but his his tour right now uh, one more time, you know, just trying to convey to people that they know this is exhausting. They know voters have done this over and over and over the last couple of years. Um, he is bringing in Barack Obama on Thursday, um, again, to the state to campaign on his behalf. Um, isn't bringing in Biden, but is bringing in Barack Obama. But for the most part, um, his his daily campaign stops have not featured these national surrogates like Herschel Walker has brought in. It's mostly been him and typically some local politicians from whichever region he's appearing in that day. Politico's national politics reporter, Natalie Allison. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 11.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will deliver remarks at the White House Tribal Nation Summit. At 5.30, Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff will attend the National Christmas Tree Lighting, where Interior Secretary Deb Haaland will also deliver remarks. Also on the vice president's calendar, at 10.10 10 a.m., Harris will meet with French President Emmanuel Macron to discuss space cooperation between the U.S. and France. And at 3 p.m., Harris will deliver remarks at the White House Tribal Nations Summit. All right, for more news on the breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Manavalan. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Kroger's merger with Albertsons Companies will provide compelling benefits to associates, customers, and communities by establishing a more competitive alternative to large non-union retailers and expanding access to fresh, affordable food. With Albertsons Companies, Kroger will build on its track record of supporting associates by investing $1 billion to continue raising associate wages and comprehensive benefits. 
The companies also plan to invest $500 million to lower prices and $1.3 billion to improve the customer experience, helping customers save on products they love.